The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. Welcome to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. That's Q Myers. I'm JT. Lincoln Kennedy will join us here in a little bit, and we're celebrating another victory as the Raiders beat the Los Angeles Chargers. And Q, it's three in a row, and yeah. they are rolling right now. Yeah. Rolling right now, something we wanted to see earlier in the season, but take these wins and stack them. No doubt about it, and they're showing what this offense could look like and what we potentially thought it was going to look like early in the season. I think it took a while to gel, but it's starting to come together right now. And don't look now, but the defense looks like they're coming together as well. Yeah, I think the defensive line, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about those performances. Chandler Jones, yeah. matter of fact, let's even mention Chandler yeah. Jones right out of the gate. Spent a lot of time on Raiders Roundtable wondering when was he going to have that explosive game. He had it, I thought, at a really important time. So excellent performance in general for the defense. But Chandler Jones needed that game, that wake-up call, to show the rest of the league that he's here. And, you know, I know it was a sigh of relief for Chandler Jones, even though he'll never say that. And, you know, every player to a T in the locker room following the game said, you guys have no idea what Chandler Jones means to this team, what he brings to the table each and every day. But they all, JT, felt so genuinely happy for him to have a three-sack performance in a day when the Raiders had five sacks. Honestly, Chandler could have had all five of those sacks, right? I mean, he just missed on a couple of them, and other guys was able to clean it up, but but Chandler had a great performance for the Raiders. Yeah, and Chandler doesn't have that game unless the interior defensive line with yes. Hillary and the rest of the guys are playing with a fast motor. I just thought this was the best game overall of the year. Offense, defense, special teams, individual efforts. Yeah. It finally came together, and it was the best third quarter yes. of the year where the Raiders started off slow and they needed to explode coming out at halftime and that's a great example of adjustments for Josh McDaniels. No doubt and they did it. They started on the defensive side of things in the third quarter, right? That really got the ball rolling. I like how they created a turnover and immediately went to the end zone. That kind of reminded me of the old Raider team yeah. back in the day. As soon as you create a turnover, boom, take a shot at the end zone and that's exactly what they did. Got the ball rolling with Devontae in the end zone. Boom, a couple plays later, he's back in the end zone. I mean, it's just, it felt like, oh, here comes an onslaught of that Raiders offense and again, showing you what we all thought it could be early in the season. Raiders have star power with yeah. Derek Carr, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, and especially Josh Jacobs. Yeah. The stars were aligned at Allegiant Stadium in this victory. Mm-hmm. They have to be aligned on a short week Thursday night in Los Angeles. But when you see the plays of the stars on this team, right. I was impressed. They all brought their A game. Even Max, who was triple teamed and double teamed throughout and held once again yeah. a bunch. I just thought the leaders, the captains played great. The playmakers made plays. That's the thing about it. You have to have guys that make plays. And Max Crosby really started everything off. The very first mm-hmm. defensive play caused a fumble. And unfortunately, it wasn't a sack for him because Herbert ended up with a two-yard gain. Uh, the ball just happened to bounce into his hands. But, I mean, he set the tone. The interior of the defensive line, Chandler Jones, everyone came to the party. And look, you knew that the Chargers had uh, an offensive line that was suspect. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. The Raiders said, we're going to take advantage of that. And they yeah. did because all, they don't always do that. And they did that on Sunday. Great point you said. And the Raiders offensive line is not suspect. Right. Raiders offensive line, I credit Dave Ziegler who stuck with the plan. Yep. The plan was we're going to go with these young guys. We're not going to go out and spend crazy money and panic and go get a new right tackle and figure out what we're going to do. We're going to go with the guys and led by Colt Miller and the rest of this 
group and we're going to put them together. We're going to leave them alone. We're mm-hmm. going to let the best players play and right. prove themselves. And then they start gelling. And they're gelling now. They played a really good game. And what about the fact that there was only three penalties for 15 yards? Awesome. That was one of the big takeaways for me, that they didn't win the game with eight or nine penalties and have to clean that up going into right. L.A. No, that was something that we talked about the last few weeks here on the roundtable is the penalties. And we started to see them decrease a little bit against Seattle, but a massive improvement on Sunday. And that's that's going into not beating yourselves, yeah. not allowing yourselves to get beat. And look, I mean, the offensive line played so well that most folks didn't even know Khalil Mack played on Sunday. That was interesting. Another great point to you. Khalil Mack had a big game week one. He really yes. was neutralized in this game. I talked to Coach about it. You knew they were going to chip and they were going to have a tight end in on him and a fullback, whatever it was, and they were going to run right at him. And Josh Jacobs had another big game. Yep. They weren't the biggest of holes all the time, but again, the way he falls forward, gets yep. instead of two yards, he gets four and a half yards on certain plays. He is rolling. I think the Raiders are going to go as far as Josh Jacobs here over the next couple of weeks and Devontae Adams. Agreed. Get it to Devontae on the outside. Let Josh run on the inside. And then as Waller comes back and Renfro comes back and Hollins mm-hmm. has a big game here or there, or Foster Moreau right. has two or three big catches, now the offense will be at full strength. You can just kind of work those guys in. Right now they have a really good one-two punch. And, you know, if you think about Devontae Adams and his career, when he was thriving in Green Bay, it was Aaron Jones and it was Devontae Adams. Right now it's Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Like I said, great one-two punch. Sometimes it's Devontae getting the ball early and then Josh get rolling. Sometimes it's Josh get rolling. Rolling Devontae, it doesn't matter. Those two guys are making defenses, make a decision. And right now, the Raiders are winning no matter what. I like the coaching. We got to give Patrick Graham a lot of credit, yes. and the fans have on Raider Nation Radio. I think the fans are starting to come around, seeing the fact that the plan was in place and it would take a couple of games for them to get rolling. I even had a fan call into the show and tell me, what happens if the Raiders won New Orleans, Jacksonville, and Indy and lost the next three, right? right. The two overtime yeah. games and this one that came down to the final possession. They split those six games. I think the Raiders should have won five out of six or four out of six of them. But either way, they cleaned up what happened on the road in New Orleans and Jacksonville. They came back. They came together as a team. And they put up that performance. And I'm really proud of what this team has done in this coaching staff because this was the message that we heard behind the scenes during Mm -hmm. the preseason and now it's coming about. It really is coming together and they're playing with confidence. And they're playing for each other next to, you know, the the man next to them in the locker room, the the man next to them on the field. And the thing about it is some teams go through adversity and they start making their trip their plans for Cabo right one two three Cabo and this Raiders team did not do that they kept fighting no matter what was going on in the locker room they came together look at this Keenan Allen touchdown was this guy chirping this guy was talking trash talking about them being barbecued wings and chicken and all that in the back and they shut him down there was no Mike Williams on the other side now they had that great touchdown late and you just knew that Justin Herbert would have the ball in his hands at some point with an opportunity to tie the game but the Raiders did a nice job on defense here as we're seeing, they tackled in space here. They tried to close out this game with this hook and ladder, which was a smart play. But on the final play of the game, the Raiders made sure they protected the sidelines, which yeah. they had to do, yep. and tackled in space here. And look, Herbert didn't throw a Hail Mary here. He tried to get a little bit closer here to set up the Hail Mary, mm-hmm. and the Raiders did a great job defending that. Raiders kept them in the inbounds, and yeah. so, you know, the clock runs out, and, and the Raiders come away with the victory. But, you know, there was a lot of man defense played in that game, right? I mean, you saw uh, the corners. You saw the safety. Safeties looked like they were playing fast and furious. I thought Trayvon Merrick probably had his best game of the season. Yeah, he did. Good point. It really well. 
Uh, look at the stats here. 250 passing yards for the Raiders to 314 for the Bolts, and you would see that. But the rushing yards was the key here. Yeah. Austin Eckler was neutralized in the running game. Josh Jacobs had a big game there. Two turnovers for the Raiders. They cleaned that up. And as we talked about the penalties, three for 15. Chargers, four for 20. The refs didn't get in the way of this game here. And I just thought what the Raiders did in the second half. I didn't like the start of the game. I was I didn't very either. nervous. I didn't like it It was down 10 nothing, and yeah. if they went down 17 nothing. I thought it could have been game, set, and match. And what they did is they got that Josh Jacob touchdown to make it 10-7. Then they Flipped the game in the third quarter with two Devontae touchdowns. Mm-hmm. How about Devontae in that third quarter on a flea flicker Monster. and what he was able to do? So with this in general, everybody showed up and had a big moment in the game, a really big moment in the game, and I think that's something they could build on as they go play the Rams. I mean, they really can. The defense, again, they only gave up 13 points, right? I yeah. mean, and the seven points uh, was on the pick six that I thought was a you know ill-advised pass, and I also thought it was a non-call by the officials that should have been a call, but mm-hmm. I mean, that was, the, that was a pick six, and so the defense defense only gave up 13 points. I thought they did a heck of a job and they did everything they could. Even when Josh Jacobs had the fumble, I thought, okay, there's going to be some more points tacked on and the, the Raiders didn't allow them to score, right? I mean, they stopped them, kept them from scoring anything on that. So only seven points off of turnovers and they had two turnovers. I thought it was a well done job for the defense. Yeah, I sat here with you last week worried about the middle of the field and they yeah. didn't clean that up. They cleaned that up with the safeties playing closer in the box, yep. Harmon, Merrig, and especially the play of the line. like they're listening to the show, JT. Yeah, maybe they're downloading this Raiders roundtable. We appreciate that. Coming up next, we'll have the view from Lincoln Kennedy, the perennial pro bowler, also the analyst on Raiders Radio when we continue on Raiders Roundtable. When you're a part of a team, there are expectations. And one of the things I expect from my team is trust. I work hard to win, and I trust my team to work hard too. That's why I feel good about America First Credit Union. They're my financial team, and I trust that they'll always be there for me and my community. I'm Hunter Renfro. Join me and the America First team today. 60 years in the making, the Raiders now have a permanent place to call home, and the doors are open to get a world-class behind-the-scenes tour of their new home, an attraction unlike any other in Las Vegas. Allegiant Stadium. The Las Vegas Raiders invite you to experience the expertly guided tour that includes exclusive access to areas restricted to only football players, coaches, and staff. For more information, visit AllegiantStadium.com forward slash tours. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. Lincoln Kennedy joins us in studio. We're thrilled on a long road trip for you, my long friend. Road trip, long <laughs> good to have you home here in this facility. But no man, this is a this is a journey for you. It's been week. a journey. You know, this is when the season starts to creep up on me. The the ending of college football helps with my Ooh. schedule, but it starts up a bunch of award ceremonies. I'm here for the National Football Hall of Fame, um, uh, National Football Foundation College Hall of Fame dinner. Uh, had the big Pac-10 uh, championship game, so a lot of stuff was going on along with the Raiders. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the victory against the Chargers and yeah. what it looked like from your perspective. It was a slow start. They mm-hmm. didn't come out of the gate ready to go, and it's 10 nothing. and you're saying, here's Justin Herbert. We're going to be chasing him. And then the game flipped in the third quarter with two Devontae touchdowns. First off, big picture of the importance of having to win that game, splitting with the Chargers, and the way they won the game. I think it was the most complete game the Raiders have played all season on all sides of the ball. And, of course, you're going to have your breakdowns. you got to keep in, keep in mind that those guys on the other side of the football get paid, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there's talented athletes. Look, Justin Herbert's a beast. 
Okay, he's going to be a good quarterback in this league for a long time. They didn't have their full, you know, complement of weapons. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that to me kind of even the playing field because the Raiders would still have their injuries that they were dealing with. But for the most part, you know, you watch offense, defense perform. They complemented one another. You know, defense finally got it together. I was up and I was very critical of Patrick Graham during the, the, the broadcast because when they play that soft zone, quarterbacks just pass up and dump the ball off. Five, six yards of crack. Mm-hmm. Playing more aggressive, mm-hmm. taking the chances, taking the, you know, taking the wind out of the cell, allowed your rush to get there. Right, and that's what you know, that's the way you got to compliment. And the thing is, is that you know, going into this game, the Chargers had three replacement offensive linemen. You expect right. this defensive line to do well, right? And if you're going to tell me that the Raiders are going to have five sacks and Max Crosby didn't get one of them, <laughs> right. I'm like, well, no, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> but you know what? Credit the defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Tillery and those guys, but Nichols, those guys are playing well. They play you know, really they, you know, so yeah, and and they don't get enough love. Obviously, Max Crosby does it all, but you, the thing that Chandler Jones came along, finally able to say his name instead of saying fifty-five. You guys know how I feel about that. So right, how you right. feel about so, that? So you know, so and, and he was he should have taken advantage of a rookie tackle. That's what it comes down to. So that that's what we see. Uh, and what and on offense, you know, I I appreciate the com- the imagination and creativity of the flea flicker at the time when it yeah. called. You know, I appreciate the fact that Jacobs is still running hard. Mm-hmm. Pay that man. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's it's really good to see the offense and the defense and everyone had a good, complete game. You mentioned the aggressiveness of the defense. How much do you think that the addition of Nate Hobbs coming back helped? Huge. Yeah. Huge. Because he's still banged up in the secondary. Mm-hmm. So it was huge. And Nate played well. Okay, the thing is, is that, you know, usually they would have a system where the corners would not flop over on trips and stuff, but they brought them over and they did a good job. At, you know, when the, when the Chargers try to go um, the strong side formations, they brought the corners over and they play tight man-to-man. And they did a better job covering the crossing routes. Right. Crossing routes have hurt the Raiders yeah. all season. Yeah. Wide open. Wide open. And they did a better job at doing, and, and doing that. So, you know, look. Still got a number of games. You take every, you don't take anything for granted. But a three-game winning streak uh, and coming off of a win is always easier to coach mm-hmm. after and move forward, especially in the short week. You know, one of the things I want to say is you do such a great job, not only on the offensive line, but looking at the defense. And they played more man yes. in this game. And you're, what you're saying, what I'm picking up is when they play hard man and they play it well, it gets the defensive tackles and the pass rushers a little bit more time to get to the quarterback. And that was a hell of a quarterback in Herbert. So going forward, and we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there's a lot of backup quarterbacks now on the schedule right. the rest of the way. You right. would think more man-to-man coverage. Are you suggesting that we'll get the defensive line a couple of more looks at some sacks? I think that helps your defensive line create a rush. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're if you're playing that soft zone, we've seen it all too many times. You're playing that soft zone where those defensive backs give such a like a seven and eight yard cushion. Yeah, it's crazy. Ball comes because it's, it's just a stop route. Right. And and look, we've seen it earlier this season. The quarterbacks that have played against the Raiders aren't going to hold on the football. They're going to get rid of the football. You'll take that stop route to the to the tight end. You'll take that little hitch route to the wide receiver or that little comeback route. You'll take those all day because you got such a substantial cushion. And and what the you know this defense needs to do, they need to challenge these receivers a little bit more. Fill you know fill yourself a little bit more. You put them against it, and then that that way that allows your Max Crosby's, your Tilleries, or those guys to be able to get in there 
and be able to challenge him to those, that offensive line because there's a lot of beat-up offensive lines around the league. Too. I think GM Dave Ziegler did a great job when he brought in Jerry Tillery. I mean, you mentioned it right when the Raiders signed him. You said, hey, he's had some good days against the Raiders. Yeah. He looks like he has been a difference maker. Well, he was a difference maker, especially against his old team. Yeah. You know, whenever you line up against your old team, you want to smack him in the mouth. Yeah. And that's what you can appreciate. That's, that's how he's playing. But mm-hmm. it's not just him. The right. defensive tackles as a whole. This style of defense, very similar to what the Chargers play, style of defense. They try to occupy every offensive lineman to allow their linebackers to run free, what I would call block eaters. Mm-hmm. So this defensive tackle staff has done a pretty good job because you've seen guys like Masterson and Denzel Perryman being able to get downhill mm-hmm. and get in the backfield and challenge these running backs and take it really take the run, running game away. So that aggressiveness nature. But the problem is, is that once you get past that line, there's really no one left. (laughs) I want to go back to the offense with Derek's performance, because why aren't there more shots downfield? Because all the highlights that I'm seeing this year on these bombs to Devontae, they're open. And Devontae's getting behind there. Now, he doesn't have Cliff Branch speed, per se, which we'll get to. But I'd like to see this. The game started off slow. They ate a lot of clock. They were down early. And then all of a sudden... Something clicked. Right. They were going four wide. Devontae's getting single coverage. Even double coverage was coming late. Right. And he was making volume catches, right. especially downfield. I still believe that's the strength of the Raiders. I know a lot of people disagree and say it's Josh Jacobs. I think Devontae's the best player in the league at times. Mm-hmm. Can they continue to go to him and start building and stacking more wins that way? Well, they will continue to go to him. But it also depends on how defenses play. Now, the thing is, is that I, I, I personally feel that Derek needs to get rid of the ball quicker. Okay. Okay, so I don't necessarily need the long shots. I think you take the short shots along with the running game to set up the long shot. That's my philosophy. Okay? And it's going to be there. As the game progresses, no matter which way the offense is going, if the offense is running the ball effectively, you're going to get a nosy safety down in the box. You're going to put a single safety high. That's when you throw the football. That's just that football one-on-one. When you have two safety look, you run the football. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's the basics to it. So to answer your question, the, the, the threat is not so much of, of Devontae because you know what, how capable a player he is. And every team knows it. You've seen this film. You know he's playing at an all-pro level right yes, now. Okay, does. so And you know you've got an accurate quarterback who can get him the football. All right. The thing that breaks down for the Raiders at times is sometimes the protection isn't always there. And you know Derek is not going to use his legs a lot. No, he has done it a little bit. So when the, when the, your back is up against the wall and the running game's not going and you know they're going to rely on the, the passing game, I think there should be more routes that are invested in getting the ball out of him sooner. And keep in mind, you know, the Raiders are only start only had four ro- receivers on the active roster. Right. And one tight end, technically, you know? Yeah, we've been talking about that. You know, it's for a while it's now. It, it, so it's difficult. Yeah, you know, it's it difficult is. to sit that sit there and set that up. Um, but you do the creativity like the flea flicker and taking the shots. When Devontae gets behind the defense, you got nosy corners, there are eyes in the backfield, all those types of things that have happened. That's when you appreciate the creativity. And you're going to take your long shots, you're going to have it every now and then. Derek knows when he sees one on one coverage. You know, press coverage and there's no safety in a hole, he's going to take a shot at Devontae one way or the other. Something I appreciated was after the turnover in the third quarter, they immediately took a shot at the end zone. I yeah. haven't seen the Raiders do that in a very long time. That used to almost be a golden rule. Certainly. You get a turnover, yeah. take a shot. Yeah. I like that, and it capitalized into a touchdown. I like the aggressive nature, and then you could you could sense that the Raiders, after the turnover, were really feeling confident about themselves. Mm-hmm. You could I, I watched the sideline, and there was just there was just an aura. There was a, there, there was a body language that settled well with the team collectively right. after that turnover. And so, you know, I came into the season thinking that you split with the Chargers, 
You might split with the Denver because I didn't know if Russell Wilson was going to be as poor as he did. But mm-hmm. you might split with sure. him. You know, right. you got a quarterback, but. You know, the, the problem becomes the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome that problem? And that, that's a big problem. The Raiders haven't, haven't had an answer for that yet. So I think they're right in with a position where they want to be in division-wise. They just lost a couple of games they should have won down the, you know, yeah. before uh, that puts them in this you know precarious position where they're chasing. Let's move to Josh Jacobs and what he's done and you compare it to Marcus Allen and the greats who have played for this organization. It truly is amazing the way he's running after the first hit, after the contact. I was telling Q, when he falls forward, I'm mm-hmm. noticing mm-hmm. he's getting two yards. Mm-hmm. The aggressiveness of him taking hits and not going out of bounds. Now, you played with some greats. Mm-hmm. After a while, those hits, they take a toll on you well, later do. in the season. Yeah, they do. They so do. we're coming into a big game here on a Thursday night where Josh is going to get a nice break after that, but they are running him hard, and I think it's because he wants the ball. Look at these numbers here, which is incredible. Marcus, who was at the game in 1985, he's ahead of that pace here, especially 5.4 yards a carry, ahead yeah. in rushing touchdowns. Marcus had one more 100-yard game. It's really cool, Lincoln, when you could put – a legend like Marcus, no up, doubt. and you got a current player who's right there with him, maybe even ahead of the pace. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, even going back to a preseason Hall of Fame game, mm-hmm. you saw how hard he was running. Yeah. yeah, most of the time you don't see that, especially out of first round draft choices, guys. And you know, we didn't like playing preseason; it was necessary evil. But you know, he ran hard from the beginning. And then when he was pulled, you know, to allow the other backs to get a chance, you're you're wondering what's going on with Jacobs. But every time he's carried the ball, mm-hmm. he has done his absolute best. To, to, to get yards and the will to win. That's what I call it, the will to win. He, he, he's made so many cuts in the backfield, of, you, know, you know, avoiding guys as soon as he gets the handoff, that by the time he hits that burst and acceleration through the hole, it's like, wow, you, that, very impressive. So, right. you know, you, you look at Jacobs and you see what he's capable of. And you see, we, we, we have now the ability late in the season to see him. You know, remember his first three years was marred by injuries. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm sure. saying? You knew it was going to be running back by committee. And even the little change-up they have now, you know, whether it's White or one of the other guys, you know, Amir Abdullah, it's, it's one of those things where you sit there and say, I like to see Jacobs in there. Mm-hmm. Don't overuse him. But he is an every-down back now, every-down back for, for you. He can right. p- protect. He can catch out of the backfield. He can run the football. So there's only times you want to bring him off just to spell him. Mm-hmm. And then you you have to change up with the other backs. And what does that do to a defense when they know that, hey, these guys are going to run the rock. That number 28 is about to get it, and there's nothing we can do to stop them. It's the most wonderful feeling in the world. <laughs> For that offensive line, I've been blocking down That offense, that's right. Because, you, you know, I've, I've had such success where, you know, when we were running the football, where my quarterback would come up and say, we're running it right here. Right. Stop it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And after a while, those, you know, those three, those four-yard hits that he's getting you know, early in the game become those big runs. Right. And, and, and you see that great power football, like that 20-yard jump that he had. That, that, that's the same one they scored on in Seattle. That's ISO. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing because when everybody does their job, there's no one left but a safety. <laughs> and the safety couldn't even bring him down. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot with this one. Third and one, which could be fourth and one. You got Devontae in a one-yard slant right here in the middle of the chest or everyone stacking the box. And you got Josh lining up seven yards, five yards deep, and you got to get a yard. Where do you, have you evolved on this year or changed your opinion? Because I know on, Lincoln, you want to run me, it. And they're not running me, behind you. They're not running behind you. You've got Devontae Adams, soon to be Renfro and Waller. Have you, when you look at all these third and one short calls that you and Jason have had this yeah. year, take us back to what you've seen throughout the year. Well, here's the thing. 
I, I personally don't like you to try to stretch the field with sweeps or tosses or anything like that okay. on those short yards. I want it straight downhill right now. 14 blast. You know, the good old 14 blast back with Zach Rocket. We're running straight at it. It's mano a mano. The problem becomes that you don't have a, unless you bring in Thayer Munford, mm-hmm. you don't have a powerful enough tight end to seal that edge. Got it. You see what I'm saying? And I'm actually, you know, when you have third down and one, and, and it's, I, I don't mind a quarterback sneak. Mm-hmm. Coming up there and just barreling forward. Wedge blocking and barreling forward. Now, you, you take a risk of maybe getting your quarterback. It's unlikely to me, but, you know, there's a risk in everything we do. Sure. But I'm a man of downhill. Now, if you get one-on-one coverage out, you know, on, on, uh, on, on Devontae, if the corner is playing inside, Devontae's got to win that right now. Because as you take the ball back and now you've got everything coming forward, you got that three-step drop. Your line has to be aggressive. They can't back up. So they have to push forward. Devontae has to win that. If he doesn't, then you're holding on the ball nothing, nowhere to sure. go. And I, I think that's just too big of a risk. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I got you. Um, I got and, you. and even if you try to do a fade route or whatever, just, just too big of a risk. Look, get the first down. Right. Get the new set of downs. Don't overthink it. It's not that hard. <laughs> let's, get to, uh, let's get to Cliff Branch's celebration. Yeah. We were privy to this a couple of days before, and it was mind-blowing, the concept of what they were going to do is have Jacoby Ford yeah. play Cliff. Yeah. This looks like Cliff Branch. It does, it does. Uh, we all knew Cliff. It blew my mind. This was mind blowing, and he came up to us on the pregame show at the torch, and he was so it wasn't nervous, right. but he knew how big this was. Plunk going ninety nine yards. He's got to make that throw, by the way. He does, <laughs> and he runs the route. I want you to see at the end when he puts his hand up because he watched and broke down the film of Cliff. So right here he's running the route, then he puts it to the other hand like that, exactly the way Cliff did, waving to the crowd. Cliff's corner there. And and then we see Link in the gold jackets. Yeah. You know all of these yeah. individuals of personally. Yeah. What is this like at Allegiant Stadium when we get a performance like this? It's synonymous with the Raiders. It's family. Mm-hmm. Family celebrating yeah. family. That's what Jim it comes Otto, to. look at that. Pops. You know, I mean, just the greatness of this organization. It, it, it still, it's still, I was, I was crying. I'm still it's emotional. emotional. It was yeah. emotional. Well, absolutely. Emotional. Yeah. You know, they, you know mm-hmm. I, I, I miss Cliff. You know, I know all these guys, and, and, and it's just family. The Raiders are a family. And Mark Davis did a tremendous job, even to start a Hall of Fame game, honoring him, mm-hmm. uh, what they did back in Canton to this moment. It was, it was a beautiful thing. It really was, and, and I wanted to take you back to the Hall of Fame game because head coach Josh McDaniels, who's new to the organization, you know, had the tip of the cap to Cliff trying mm-hmm. to throw the deep ball on the first play. Mm-hmm. He has really embraced being – a Raider, right. in, in my opinion, and yeah. even started talking about this celebration on Monday's press conference. I just, I think that that's awesome that a new coach could come into the organization and understand what it means to be a Raider. Yeah, it, it really does. It resonates well with the younger group because you have a lot of new faces on this team. Right, guys don't necessarily understand the history. Look, it's different here in Vegas than it was in Oakland. Of course, than it was in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's different. Okay, but this place right here, when you walk through the stadium, every, everything that I've done at Legion for the last couple of times. Everyone talks about how this is a beautiful stadium. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful situation where you see all Raiders all the time. We're seeing the bus. We're seeing Elaine Anderson in the ring. And I'll take you back. I talked to the owner about this. Mark Davis championed and lobbied for these rings for the deceased players. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal yeah. for Mark Davis. Mark Davis was the point man for all that right. now that he's on the Hall of Fame committee. And he fought hard. And from calling the other members the deceased families, which he – 
That's a really cool story behind the scenes. Mark is emotional. He's passionate about this topic. And he told me, how do I have my dad's ring, the late right. Al Davis, right. but others don't have the ring of right. their family, especially the Stablers. Absolutely. You know Kendra yeah, yeah, from yeah, being yeah. out in Arizona. Yeah. Can you imagine the work that went in? So with the new president of the Hall of Fame, with that ring that Elaine gets now and the opportunity led by Mark Davis to change the culture, Lincoln, of the Hall of Fame and say everybody's the same. Right. Family, family yeah. is behind right. Hall of Famers. It's not not just the Hall of Fam- right. Famers, it's the family who stays behind them. Family. Yeah. Just like yeah. the Raiders. Yeah. Family. Yeah. And family treats family well. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And it also goes out to the other teams, their families, and stuff like that. So, you know, it, you know, Stabler wasn't around to see himself going into the Hall. Unfortunate, but his family was honored. And same thing with Cliff. Jim Thorpe doesn't have a ring. Right. Wow. Let really? that sink in. Yeah. Now he does. Mm-hmm. When you look at the families, yeah. right. again, you knew Junior Seau. Yeah. See, imagine yeah. Junior Seau's family yeah. not having the ring in their house. That happens now right. because Mark really took that lead there. And I thought it was a really cool concept because we never say goodbye to Cliff. Cliff right. feels like he's around. Yes. He and I can't imagine Cliff sitting up there, right. you know, having looking down and going, they did this for me. Right. They're doing this. His sister in this said stadium. that he was up there boohooing too. She said, I wasn't going to get him. Emotional. Wow, I'm emotional now, and I guarantee. And she said, "Cliff was up there crying too." You know, Cliff. Cliff was here right now. I know we'd be talking about Deion Sanders going to Colorado because he'd be like, "Pack ten, pack ten, yeah, pack twelve. Wait, we get in Colorado. We got, we got Deion. What, what y'all gonna do with him now? How about those track stars running in tribute? That was yeah. awesome. And was also, awesome. our bosses here said, "We're not doing this without yeah. real." U.S. men, national track yeah, stars. Certainly. If it's not real, it's it blew not my real. Mind. It blew Lincoln's going to stay with us. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to the Rams game. We have a short week here on Raiders Roundtable, and the Raiders have an opportunity to win four in a row, and it's a big one. We'll take a look at the Rams next on Raiders Roundtable. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, presented by America First Credit Union. Lincoln Kennedy still joins us. And Lincoln, you've been in so many locker room celebrations. That's real. The coach, the quarterback, and I like what the quarterback said. Go home. Yeah. Everybody go home. We got a game on Thursday. Tell us about the celebration in the short week and how the players need to protect their bodies and their minds. Well, first of all, no one wants to play on Thursday night following a Sunday. Mm-hmm. No one wants to play on Thursday night. So players and coaches alike, because you have to, it's so hard, it throws your routine off. Now, in the back end, you can look for some time off, but you really got to be business-minded. 
And in, in, in that sense, you got to be a professional. Right. That's the hardest thing for guys to do, be a professional. And that is managing your body. You have a limited amount of time you have to rehab before you have to get back to work. So um, it, it was good to see. It was re- refreshing to see. And, of course, your quarterback is every team's lead, is the team leader. He should make those statements every single time. Mm-hmm. Take care of your body. Let's do right when he has a chance to speak. You know, Josh Jacobs, I mean, Josh McDaniel said it all as well. Complimentary football. That's exactly what I saw as well. How quick is, uh, how easier is the turnover when, or the, the turnaround when you're winning, though? Well, it, it always feels a lot better than win. Right, right, <laughs> you, right. uh, win a game. And you're still going to have aches and bruises. You're mm-hmm. still going to be, uh, be hurt. But, you know, it's, it's rewarding to walk in the facility after a win, the day after a win, to go to the hot tub, right. to go to the cold yeah, tub, yeah. to go and just sit back and chill, listen to music. You feel good because mm-hmm. right. the loss sits in your gut. It should, you should hate to lose, so it sits in your gut the wrong way. You feel good. You know, you can walk with a little, little strut yeah. coming into the office. You know what I mean? So that's the way it should be. Right. Let's take a look at the AFC playoff standings and where everyone is lining up because, as you know, the Raiders won. Everyone else in the division lost. Buffalo. I thought Buffalo was the biggest winner in the AFC. They mm-hmm. picked up home field advantage again over Kansas City as Kansas City lost. The Raiders are at the 10 spot. So, Link, look here. I think the Chargers are going to lose games. I don't know how many. The Raiders have a chance to bring the Patriots back. They play them here as that game got flexed. The Jets, I think the Jets are going to lose a game or two. And the Dolphins are in real trouble on their offensive line here. Mm -hmm. So take a look at these standings here and start with the Raiders and who's in front of them and how the Raiders have some common opponents coming up here. Well, you know, you've you've split with the Chargers already. See that? You cross that one off. You've got New England. It's important not only to win that game uh, as well for the tiebreaker circumstance Mm -hmm, if it comes down to it. So the ones that are in your your way that you can chase is just now, if if you're the Raiders, your biggest nemesis coming up is going to be Kansas City. You got to find a way to beat Kansas sure. City. Mm-hmm. Not only I'm not, that's not the only game, but to right, me, you got to find a way to, to overcome that. And all you want to do is position. You, all you can do is, is take care of business. Now you put it. They put themselves in such a huge hole. Mm-hmm. If they're able to climb out and maybe finish this thing at ten and seven, or you know what I mean, it, it, it's it's not un it's not un uh, it, it can happen. <laughs> you know. What well, I mean? we're going to look at the next four opponents coming up here, and when we look at the Raiders' schedule. It's amazing what it looked like in the beginning and what Certainly. it looks at now. Now we're looking at these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders have Derek Carr. And I know, Lincoln, it's not Derek Carr versus these guys. Right. But it kind of is Derek Carr having the opportunity to play at a high level where he's played at MVP level in his career and put up big numbers against these opponents. It starts with Walford first. There's, there's no Stafford here. Three career starts. And on the last one, which is New Year's Day, not to see Jimmy Garoppolo and to see Brock Purdy. We don't know if that could change with a Baker Mayfield or another quarterback. But you got to like the opponents that the Raiders are going up there when it comes to inexperienced quarterbacks. Well, starting with the Rams on Thursday night, it's hard to repeat as a champion yeah I, I remember the, the year after we had the Super Bowl how how we just fell apart and that was my final year of playing uh, so I, I I feel for the Rams I know where they're at the the one that worries me the most is New England and Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is actually playing a lot better now yeah they, are. they found a rhythm Absolutely. they're playing a lot they're they playing are. a lot better now but New England worries me because in the past Belichick has always had a, not always has found a way of neutralizing what we do well Mm-hmm. And when we went back and yeah. played him a couple years ago, 
It was a hard game for Derek. He was confused because he thought it was zone. They were playing man. Mm-hmm. They were going to have combinations going on. So so Belichick always has a plan for the Raiders and their, their, their strengths. We know that notoriously. So those are the two games that concern me most. And playing against that defense of San Francisco. They, they might not have the quarterback. You know, they might not have all, the, all their pieces, but they do have a stingy defense that's playing well, and that's going to be a hard one on New Year's Day. How much is it just really the factor is for the Raiders? They just have to focus on going out and playing, not worrying about the quarterbacks that they're going to be playing. Just go out there and play like they're playing against the number one guy every time because they have to win. They have to keep the momentum going yes. like they had in Sunday. Right. Complimentary football. Mm-hmm. The defense is starting to feel itself. Right. And starting to come of age and starting to come together. Patrick Graham and calling the defense, starting to come to feel himself, starting to come. Mm-hmm. Offensively, they're capable. Then we've seen that all year. Right. Offensively, they're capable of producing points, getting touchdowns, mm-hmm. getting TDs rather than three. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's but it's that momentum and that consistency. Even when you're down. Even when you have to flip the field, find a way to get some first downs, find a way to get you know get some points on the board. They're capable of doing that, especially with the special teams. And I look, I even like you know, I take my hat off to the special teams because that that theory they did with the kickoff, yeah, by having Roger Teamer hold the yeah, football. Right. You know, Jason asked me about it. He said, why are they doing that? There's no wind in here. It's to create an angle, an arcing angle. Absolutely. Hit that ball up high. Right. And it comes down close to the goal line. You have to return it. Mm-hmm. And the special teams is covering. Most of the time they were starting in 20 or behind. Right. And, and that that's a win. And Coach McDaniel said that that was actually clarified by the NFL a couple weeks ago. And they're taking advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Because most coaches will tell you, if you kick it out of the end zone, one, no time goes off the clock. Right. But two, I'll take the ball at the 25. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the possibility of starting even sooner with the special teams coverage, it was very, very well done. Lincoln, we're going to get back to the Rams. This is critical. A lot of people say, well, the, those three wins don't matter if you don't win this one. Right. I disagree. I think these three wins shows what the Raiders can do long term with their plan when they're playing right. So a lot of those wins to me really matter. But you got to win this game. The injuries to the Rams, no Cooper Cup, no Stafford. We'll wait to hear as we record this what happens with Aaron Donald. This is not the Super Bowl team. They've lost six in a row. Eight out of nine. Right. So this is a losing team that's been getting beat. But I watched the Seahawks game they just played. Those guys were dogs in that fourth Mm -hmm. quarter. So the Raiders got to start fast. They can't come out the way they came out in a Legion. I think they got to play with the lead. I think they got to put this game away at some point and not be on the road waiting for a break in the fourth quarter. How do you say it? Ordinarily, JT, I would agree with you. But I don't know if if it's possible because we've only seen one consistent game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's I don't know if it's possible for them to put somebody away. We've seen them jump out substantial leads, right? Seventeen, yeah, seventeen, points, I mean, and not be able to put you know teams away. So I I'm not there yet. Yes, they do need to win. Well, you don't think they could put they could put this team away early? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a dogfight. But in theory, them losing six in a row, this has got to be a game where you put these guys away. You cannot let them hang around with the well. I I agree. Back. I agree with you there. Yeah. I do agree with you there. I, I'm just wondering. I'm seeing if they. Can can do that. Right. If they can jump on them, they could put somebody you gotta away. Got to prove it to you. Got to prove it. Yeah. I'm, not, you know, this, I'm from Missouri right now. The show me state. Show right. me. <laughs> right. You, you, right. You know what I mean? So um, they're capable of it. And if they play complimentary football like they did against the Chargers, this will not be a game at all. This will be – they'll destroy them. And you'll, you'll see some backups maybe in the second half play. <laughs> we're looking – we're going to take a look here at the Chiefs, at the Bengals. That's three in a row. That's three in a row for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. They seem to have it figured out what they're trying to do here. So Cincinnati is looming again. Remember the Raiders lost right. to Cincinnati in the playoffs, first and goal at the nine. 
Burrow is the last three over Mahomes. So they're doing something right, Lincoln. Right. What are you seeing what Cincinnati does against Kansas City? Well, they just City? have a thorn in the side of yeah. Kansas City. They know how to get to them. And, and there's there are teams that are out there that you just cannot overcome. And when you do, you know, you're you're in a better place. But Cincinnati, as you mentioned, coming coming alive. And if you're challenging in the AFC, you have to beware that the Bengals are still there, just like the Chiefs. It's funny that no Raider fan wants to hear this, but on Sunday, really, Raider Nation really wanted Cincinnati to lose that game. Right. They you did. know, yeah, nobody yeah. wants to hear that. Right. No one ever wants to pull for KC. Yeah. But I thought, man, that would have been nice to see Kansas City pull that yeah, one. Well, that's why you got to take care of business. Exactly. You, right. take, you, yep. know, you put yourself in such a huge hole. Mm-hmm. It's good to have three wins in a row. It's possible you can have four, right. maybe even five. Five, but but you it's you're digging yourself out of a hole. To me, right. everything from here on out is a must-win game. Here's what I see with what Cincinnati does to Kansas City, which the Raiders are dreaming about doing. They have a running game. Now Josh Jacobs is the best running back, better than what Cincinnati has with Mixon. Then on top of it, Devontae is better than Chase, right? So right. they have the one-two punch. Certainly. If Josh Jacobs isn't rolling, and he was playing, as you talked about, his first three years, injury-prone, right. right. maybe having a game or two yeah. here and there, and now that he's a beast, yeah. that looks a lot like Cincinnati. Carr, Devontae, and Jacobs, like, like we're seeing with Burrow, Mixon, and Chase. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the thing is, is that what, what I've seen in the second half of the season, I didn't see in the first half, is the Raiders have made adjustments for the eight-man in the box. They bring in the receiver. He has to dig out the safety. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But early in the season, they weren't doing that. You see what I'm saying? So when when the, the last time the Raiders played the Chiefs, uh, Spagnola, defensive coordinator, had he brought in three linebackers again with four down linemen. So he created that and bringing in safety and support. He created a hard nose eight man box mm-hmm. to take away the run. The Raiders didn't have an adjustment for that. Okay, this time around, they're going to have an adjustment the next time that they see it because I've seen them adjust for it. Mm -hmm. And Spagnola can't afford with as productive as Devontae is at the receiver spot. And who knows if we have Hunter Renfro back by then or whatever you have you. But the the way to spread them out, he can't afford to have that third linebacker in there because that third linebacker can't cover one of the slot receivers, either Mac Hollins or Devontae. Let's take a look at Denver here and their struggles and what's going on with them. They're Denver, in a bad way right now. They're in a really bad way. I'm surprised the coach is still there because they don't have much chemistry. I can't believe that Russell Wilson and this team is playing at that level. And Lincoln, as you know, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson got hurt. And yeah. he doesn't have a contract. Okay, He doesn't have a contract, right. which is interesting. But it's going to be week to week, they said, or day to day. But this was a good game. This was a game where there wasn't a lot of scoring, but the right. defense was there. So, Lincoln, as we talked about, Kansas City loses, Denver loses, mm-hmm. and the Raiders beat the Chargers. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen every day around here. No, it doesn't. And it's been a long time that we've, we've since we've yeah. seen that, you know. So, uh, the Raiders have to take advantage of it. And they did. I think they took care of business by beating the Chargers. Yeah. And ultimately, they just have to win, Absolutely. right? No matter what, no, no matter anything, anything else happens in you the league. You can't control anything else. Right. You can't control yeah. anything but what you do. And you can't, you can't fall victim to scoreboard watching. Right. I, I've done that a lot of times in my career where you're looking at them and saying, well, such and oh, such. Yeah. A, no, no, no. You mm-hmm. have to take care of business. Right. Because if you don't focus on what's in front of you, you're going to get smacked in the mouth. Well, the Ravens are a playoff team as of now. As of now, and they have a quarterback that's going to be out. We'll see how they're able to bounce back. Lincoln, as we wrap this up, it feels like a home game for the Raiders in right. L.A. We've right. seen it. Carson was crazy. You and I yeah. would go to yeah. Carson. It was tiny. It was that tiny little yeah, it's okay. yeah. The Raider fans would take it over. Yeah. This is more tickets. And I think a lot of Ram fans, the Rams are going to play with pride. They're the world champs. But I have a feeling that the Raider fans who want that ticket last second are going to be able to get it. 
I've heard, that, I've, heard I've heard the Rams were actually acting, asking their season ticket holders oh, don't do to that. give it to someone else so we can right. fill up the stadium because it's going to be on TV. Well, I remember mm-hmm. the famous Marty Schottenheimer speech, don't sell your tickets to the Raiders. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah. didn't work no, well. No, that no. just fired <laughs> up L.A. Yeah. in the exactly. yeah. to come down. But, uh, you know, again, when, when I look at the Rams and McVay, mm-hmm. and he's a great coach, yeah. and yes. he's played, you know, head coach in two Super Bowls and won one. I think he's going to coach with pride. Absolutely. Because of the brand. The Absolutely. brand is ahead of the Chargers by a million miles. Absolutely. It's not ahead of the Raiders right. in L.A. I right. still think the Raiders don't own L.A. the way because the Rams are Super Bowl champs, but it's a big game for them to protect their house. Well, it, it's absolutely a big game. And, and, of course, when the Raiders come to town, we know how well the nation travels. Yeah, they do. Uh, so so they're going to be a lot of black jerseys running. They're going to be in there and, and sharing as well. But it is a try to protect your home field. Should no doubt. be good. No doubt. It's going to be a fun one. I'll be there with you. Yeah, absolutely. Go <laughs> have a good time. For yeah. Lincoln Kennedy, Q Myers, I'm JT. We appreciate it. Thanks for the downloads. Thanks for sharing this, listening to and on radio. We really appreciate you watching and listening to Raiders Roundtable.